You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Escaping Gustavus Series 2. Wow. The podcast where we rewatch, reminisce, and review everything Doctor Who from 2005 to present. My name is Rich, and I'm joined by the one woman who always looks tired. It's Amy. Thanks. You are very, very welcome. I mean, I As am said, tired a lot. You should be used to this by now. I am. And You're yet every week you still react like it's a big surprise that I'm going to introduce you by borderline insulting you welcome to series two of escaping gusturberus which i've seen a lot of people have been very excited about and we'll we'll kick off today with an apology to say sorry that we are a bit late yeah because we said we'd take a week uh take a week off because like life was starting to ramp up again uh it may go down as lockdown again yay newcastle uh (laughs) it's gateshead not newcastle well gateshead newcastle sunderland it's uh, everything's covered in covid Mm. uh you know we things were starting to ramp back up again and that's kind of why we took the week off and then as the week after came it's like wow things are still ramping up and things are one week turned still going and i think it's been two weeks yeah i think it has i think it's end of august the end of the series and yeah it's been about two weeks so apologies for the little wait but uh, it is also very humbling to see that so many of you were waiting i was gonna say in that two weeks i have had a few messages on instagram from people to say like how much they have enjoyed listening to the podcast so yes. thanks for those yeah people i've had a few me. twitter dms as well so thank you for, that, was for cool. that as as said at the end of the last series we are so so humbled by all of your support mm-hmm. for this podcast like like reading your comments on the uh the parting of the ways seeing your your series rankings your thoughts on the series and just generally people saying such nice things yeah about the podcast and the fact like, that we had so many questions for the pattern of the ways and yeah it was hence just... why the podcast was like an hour and 40 minutes yeah. long <laughs> but, but uh, i'm glad you all enjoyed it and yeah thank you for thank you for all the support and, and all the comments on the videos uh the who culture videos that have admitted the yeah, well, a bit they've been a bit slow um 
we've been in the process of starting to move into our new office uh, at what culture so i've been out and about helping sorting that out and i've been i don't just work on who culture i do the gaming channel too so i'm a bit sort of strung out at the minute hence why like the podcast has been slowed down because i've been finishing days of being like i'm dead mm-hmm. and i'm I've gonna been go sleep running my business and working part-time with my new job and everything's just kind of so, like i've been as baking said, it's, and, it's two weeks of life yeah. has come in and, and unfortunately slowed things up down a little bit but we are back so it's all good in the hood so thank you for bearing with us might not be weekly we will try and make it weekly however we'll try and make it weekly we've we've had because we've had to tweak our tweak our week tweak our week (laughs) so we're recording this on a monday night originally record we recorded uh escaping constabulous on a sunday afternoon uh but because of amy's new job uh it's not as feasible Mm. if we could probably squeeze it between the end of your work day and dinner but it would be very very close and, and it would basically the beginning be non-stop of my family quiz and i just so like, we decided to not. move it to a monday night a night i'm not streaming on twitch mm-hmm. which if you're not following me already i'm on twitch.tv slash which is live Lol, I hit a shameless I hit, plug i hit a thousand followers today you did well on, done. on twitch which is really cool that is really so, cool some i mean so actually to be honest some of you have already been coming to twitch and saying hi i'm such a big fan of who culture and stuff and it's and then the conversation turns to doctor who which is great because there's a lot of people in my twitch audience that listen to watch doctor who and listen to the podcast and then there's some who have absolutely no clue what we're talking <laughs> about so if you want to come in and join the live conversation about me ranting about clara because it's normally the question that gets asked why do you hate clara so much uh that's where we go do that twitch.tv slash rich is live anyway let's talk about the fact that it's christmas on the 14th of september oh, 2020 i mean it basically is christmas oh, well, i went I to Costco the other day and they had I'm going to be background music for you please stop Um, I went to Costco the other day to get ingredients and please shut up I can't concentrate sorry now you find out why I'm so tired Um, (laughs) uh, yeah I went to Costco the other day and I walked in and there were Christmas trees fully decorated lights on everywhere in like the first like sort of huge aisle you come to it was just christmas explosion and i was like it is september we have not even i christmas should not start until after halloween like that is my rule if i don't yeah. care if you're in retail and you need to start november 1st is when the christmas music kicks people to buy go. christmas presents no that's tough tough crap people know that christmas comes around every single year you should not have to remind people by putting stock i saw an advert on the hobbycraft website for christmas stock in july can we just <laughs> oh that's crazy thing is like we shop at aldi so we don't see the christmas stuff i mean thank even god at, even at aldi during christmas it's not christmas it's they probably have like a few christmas trees in their special buys aisle they'll put some special buys things but that's it whereas like admittedly i went to tesco today because like i said Mm -hmm. i've been in the office so i've been actually into gateshead and into you know (laughs) semi-normality abiding to the one-way system they've got out on the street which is interesting Mm. um and thankfully, I only went to the little like uh, the little lunch section, section on the side. and then straight to the tea to yeah. get a box of tea for the office because the, the the kitchen in the new office was uh, disgustingly absent of Yorkshire tea. Well, I mean, it's uh, been an empty so kitchen. To, it's true. Uh, so I had to go pick some banana, but I haven't actually seen any Christmas stuff out in the. Uh, it will be in their seasonal aisle at the moment, and I'm like staying well clear of the seasonal aisle. Admittedly, there was there was lots of wine. 
on that mm. first aisle where they have all the go this is all of our special offers and sometimes it's like it's where they put the Easter craps, where they put back to school, where they put the Halloween crap soon. And it was, it not, was just wine. See, me and it my was mum, just wine. Me and mum were having this conversation. We don't think there's going to be much Halloween stuff out this year because no one can have parties. Like, no one can and go trick-or-treating. You like, probably shouldn't go trick-or-treating. Yeah, don't go trick-or-treating. Yeah, um, don't, don't be stupid. But, like, you know, the only thing that people are really going to sell would be, like, pumpkins. And I think pumpkins are, like, a proper party activity. Like, you carve pumpkins. And... Like, no one's going to have Halloween pies this year, so we really don't think there's going to be much stock out at all. Yeah, that's true. But anyway... We've divulged uh, a little bit. Yeah, we divulged a bit, but I think I think there's... I'm sure there's people who don't mind the little segues. It's a, pod, <laughs> it's a podcast. We can sit I mean, that's we kind of really, the point. We don't really have a time limit for this, hence why, like I said last time, went on for an hour and 45 minutes. Except time. <laughs> yeah, I know. As soon as it gets to 10 o'clock, Amy's going to go... And she's just gone. Right, I'm done asleep. Fast Bye asleep, now. <laughs> and then you can listen to me monologue for the remaining half an hour. Uh, I say it's only five past nine right now. I was gonna so say. yeah, we're talking about the Christmas invasion, which aired. I now I open Wikipedia just to have that information right there, like actors' names and bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. I'm like, right, I need to make sure I have the date because I need I need the date. And I'm like, Richard, it was Christmas the Day. Christmas invasion air. You moron. Twenty fifth of December. I literally looked at it on the screen and went, oh uh, yeah. Uh, 25th yeah, 25th of December, of December 2005 by any 2005. Chance. Something I completely forgot to mention at the end of Parting of the Ways is that we, as a family, or at least I sat and watched Parting of the Ways. I remember being sat, like, you know, right up to the TV. Like, oh my god, the Daleks are back! Oh! Uh, and then when it said at the end, after um, David Tennant says Barcelona and smiles, that it said, Doctor Who are returning the Christmas invasion. And obviously, when was it that... That aired what 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 was what the date of the again? ways? I don't know. Eighteenth uh, we like of June. June, yeah. So like six months away from Christmas, and the fact that it said Christmas, and I must have shouted at the TV. I must have said, "What the hell?" I wouldn't have said, "What the f?" Because no, I was ten. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I said something. So I do recall my parents telling me off for seeing Christmas Invasion. It's like I have to wait six months for Doctor Who. Ah, and I just I, I completely forgot to mention that last week like we finished recording it was been a couple of days later and I thought that's the one thing I've had in my head since we started this podcast was to mention how pissed off I was that I had to wait till Christmas before <laughs> Doctor Who oh god Such to be a, a 10 year old dork and now to be say. a 25 year old dork yeah not much has changed so no really really hasn't so yeah David Tennant it's his first outing as the Doctor <laughs> That's just yeah, that's, that's my input that's, there. <laughs> there we go. The whole character study about David Tennant's Doctor can be boiled down to... <laughs> oh, my God. Do me. Uh, Gird my loins. And, I mean, let's face it, there are so many times that Billy Piper's got that look on her face of... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally, the, the first thing she does when, when they land back on Earth is put the Doctor to bed, and she's there like, how... Did, um, do you think I could get away with just, like, climbing into bed with you, Doctor? Mm, his mum... Is literally like, oh, is there anything else Her he's mom. got two of? <laughs> I love that. The doctor's in the flat and Jackie's like, can I bang this? Can I it's bang that this? Meme. And does it's he the have meme two penises? with the, the, du- the dude with the butterfly. And it's like, is this something to shag? <laughs> <laughs> Jackie Tyler, serial shagger. I mean, she is. She is. She's shagging Howard. Howard the with fruit the... snacker. I was going to say. The, so not only has he got an apple and a satsuma in his pyjamas, there's also a banana as well. Oh, I'm really surprised sake. they didn't make a joke out of that. Always bring a banana like do- to a party. The, the doctor just turns and goes, what about his banana then, Jackie? Huh? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say them all. Lol. Um, but no, it gives Rose the sexy. 
He does give Rose the sex. I mean, he's not <laughs> seen himself yet. But I think maybe he sees it in Rose. Like, oh, she absolutely see, has. He sees face. the way he's looking at She's looking at him and he's thinking, am I fit as I mean, when, when he right says, now? how do I look? And she goes, different. And he goes, good, different, different. or bad, dude? She goes, uh, different. It's like, yeah, good, different. Let's. It's like, if it, if it were bad, different, you'd have said. Mm-hmm. If it's good, different, you'd have been all sheepish, which you're definitely feeling a little bit sheepish. Ooh. Bah. Speaking of fruit in the pocket... Can we just Hello. discuss that? No, <laughs> no, let's not. That's not a thing. Hello. Um, I want to talk about that little exchange between Jackie and the doctor when he first finds the apple in his pocket and they're out on the balcony. Because he's like, right. I've got an apple in my pocket. And she's like, oh, sorry, that's Howard. And he goes, why does he got an apple in his pocket? And that hole is like, you take it to bed. Does he get hungry sometimes? Yeah, it's just this casual little I love it like that whole sequence just amidst in the middle. all this tension and then it's just like why is there an apple in my pocket it's made <laughs> that tenants doctored us so much mm. like well, if we actually yeah we might as well just kick things off talking about the tenth doctor David Tennant uh, and his introduction like it's as if that Chibnall Chibnall goodness me uh, excuse me showrunner no. syndrome uh, <laughs> Russell T Davies how, how, how dare I slap on the wrist yeah, Richard Jesus um he knew exactly what he wanted out of David mm-hmm. Tennant's Doctor, like, straight away. I mean, admittedly, uh, Russell T. Davies has worked with David Tennant before yeah, well, on Casanova. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. he was cast. So he, he, he already knows what kind of actor he's playing with. And it's like, I, 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 think I said Chibnall because it's in the back of my mind talking about this. The idea that, that Russell knows exactly what he wants out of Tennant's character and out of how he wants the doctor to be portrayed and like where the doctor I mean admittedly you know the do- the you know the 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 solidification of where the doctor's arc is going with the whole post time war thing that's mm-hmm. still very much present the events of passing of the ways kind of ends it because again sort of quite naively and almost stupidly the doctor thinks i win yeah. again that line at the end of dalek i win he thinks that again basically after defeating the emperor and his fleet of merry mad daleks yeah um Whereas Chris Chibnall has worked with Jodie Whittaker on Broadchurch yeah. and David Tennant, uh, uh, and yet he still doesn't know what to. He didn't seem to know what to do with. I him mean, I think it's a bit different though, because like Broadchurch is a very, very different show in terms. I mean, of, so like, is Casanova. It is, but Russell T Davis was the sort of the bringer backer. Uh, without uh, for lack <laughs> the of a reviver. better word there you go was the bringer backer the, the bringer backer of uh, Doctor Who so therefore mm-hmm. he went into it with a very clear cut like this is where I want this character to go this is like you know who I would ideally want to work with to make it go this way like obviously with Eccleston he kind of had the disappointment of like okay he's only doing one series like fine but I think it wasn't so much that like working with David before meant that he necessarily was like oh I'm gonna take the doctor in this direction because I've worked with David it just so happened that he knew David's acting prowess and therefore was sort of like oh he'd be a good fit whereas Chibnall Yes, he's worked with Jodie, and Jodie Whittaker is a fantastic actress. Like, she is. She's amazing. Um, but Chibnall, I don't know, I just feel like his hold on the show, compared to, like, Rossity Davis and Stephen Moffat, it's like he's trying to grasp water. 
and like he just does not know what direction he wants to take it in and so therefore Jodie's doctor suffered for it yeah like I don't think it's anything to do with the fact that they knew people beforehand I think it is just that Chibnall in my opinion is not great yeah, he didn't know what he wanted from the 13th Doctor, the the sort of arc, the the approach to the character that, admittedly, in comparison, like Stephen Moffat as well, for, for Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi, he knew exactly what he wanted out of those yeah. characters. Like, he knew how they existed within that universe. He knew what kind of characters they were, whereas, unfortunately for for, for Jodie, she was just in a position of, right, you're, you love everything, you love your new friends. Mm-hmm that's it i guess yeah like, like you gone. don't know where I, something i criticized a lot and you know you agreed with back during series 11 and 12 the moral compass was all over the place mm-hmm. and uh, it's the fact that the christmas invasion very much explores that moral compass so clearly yeah, with David Tennant's doctor. it's the as we've mentioned before it's the first sh- there's one sh- one strike and you're out yeah and because that's when when David Tennant reappears at the end of the episode, because this is at the end of the day, the first you know two acts of this is very Doctor Light. Mm-hmm. Um, gives you an idea of things to come because Doctor Light becomes a uh, a staple thing for Russell T Davies era. Yeah. Um, well, you say a staple thing. What was there like three more episodes without two, the Doctor? Two more episodes. Two episodes. So it's not really a but, staple. But admittedly, it's just like... those. I mean, as I say, those two episodes are amazing. I have in my head Blink and Midnight. Midnight's companion light, not Doctor Light. Yes. Uh, it's uh, Love and Monsters. I was going to say Love and Monsters. I don't think you're thinking of the same. Mm, that's not amazing. No, this... It gives you that idea, like, that... that it, it also shows how good the characters of Jackie, Mickey, and uh, Rose are. Yeah. The fact that you can give them the episode and it's still enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what I like, was actually going to bring up with you when we were watching it. Um, but I thought I'd save it for the podcast because that's the point. That's fair enough. Um, is the fact that, like, I feel like the one strike and you're out is almost carried over from Eccleston in this first episode. Um, oh, 100%. Whereas, like, I personally, from memory, I mean, I probably will come across it because, like I said, I don't really hold on to episodes, like, retention the same kind of way you do for Doctor Who. Um, yeah. But... I don't personally recall a further point in Tennant's era, excuse me, where um, he does this whole one strike and you're out thing. Like, for me, I seem to remember David's Doctor being very, very, I will give you, like chances but i will never resort to violence like that's something that i do so and i don't seem to recall him being like oh if you screw me over then you're out like that was an i think i think thing this is very much like this episode is more of a very explicit approach of you know i've given you the chance you've Mm -hmm. said okay and then it's truly tried to come back and and bite them it's it's yeah it is more it's compacted into one episode here whereas as we discussed during series one you had the Slitheen and when they find Blonde and Cardiff in, in Boomtown like you know six episodes later the Doctor's like nope I'm not having this yeah. you're, you're, you're dead I'm taking you to execution end of like and I think I think it's because there's not many other times where Tennant really has that position where they mm. have screwed him over once when he said okay I'll let you go oh, okay I'll, I'll help and they've just gone no and he's like well then the yeah. only time I can sort so be of, it, as it were, like, 
almost compare it to is, and this is jumping forwards away, but yeah. um, uh, Martha, Martha's series, oh God, what's it called? When they're on that planet and you've got the aliens with the bubbly mouth things and you've got the humans. Oh, the half. The half. The doctor's daughter. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's the only time I can really compare it to is when, and obviously, like, you know, I'm trying not to spoil yes, anything Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, sorry. I do realise what you mean. But yeah, the end of that, that episode when example, he's like, yeah. you know, don't do this. He, yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. And then nothing happens mm-hmm. and then they, then something does happen and he's like, well then, yeah. this is how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. I think I think it's more of a, that's when it gets pushed to the limit and in a special it would make sense that they do push the Doctor to, to his limit with this kind of thing. Yeah. And you are right, but it, it gives you that example of very clear cut, this is how the Doctor works. Yeah. Like with, um, if we compare again to Jodie Whittaker's opener, the the woman who fell to earth, which I think overall was good. It was okay, yeah. Um, With Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw got not much to go on, Mm -mm. like in terms of uh, much sympathy from the Doctor. She was just like, no, this isn't okay. And then the events of the episode transpire and the, the, the fate of I'm not going to lie, uh, I don't Tim even Shaw. remember that episode really. I just remember. The fate of Tim Shaw happens and it's it doesn't, it plays out more of a okay. I know what you're doing. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna, I'm just gonna take you down. End of story. Like no, like I think she might do the whole get off this planet yeah. thing, but that's probably all all that's given. But the whole anyway. I'm the new Doctor trope, get off this planet speech, because like it happens with basically every Doctor, doesn't it? Every new Doctor in their first yeah, kind of episode it's, it's has something like a that, never come back to this planet again speech. It's something that I'm I'm excited to talk about in the eleventh hour because oh. there's. What in good go- going back to the eleventh hour, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff to love about Matt Smith's opener as the Doctor. He's but there's a lot of stuff about that that I don't like as well. Oh. And that whole "get off this planet" speech is one of those things. But that's but jumping that something, ahead. That's something we'll get to in four series time, oh three God. series time. It's series five, episode one. Jesus. My goodness me, we'll be fifty years old by the time we get around oh, to that. Christ, please, at this no. rate. I don't think I could do a podcast for a. 25 years like no no you never know That's not. depends if people want to keep doing it mm. if they want if one to keep supporting the podcast by buying the merch that doesn't exist yet it's lunch dinner lunch dinner egg, egg. On a t-shirt oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um tenant comes into this and the 10th doctor is an established character we know who we've got after you've had this opener you know who he is you know the doctor that you have there is still that that essence of Akustan left because as you've said that motivation that lies from post time war and throughout series one that is it's still there mm. it's not as prevalent because like I've said the Daleks don't come back for a while so the Doctor as far as he's aware he's just going back travelling he's getting into scrapes it's what he does yeah. so it's going to continue as is and he's quite happy doing what he does so I I mean I love Tenant Stockser yeah I would I I, do you know what? I, I don't know whether I would where I'd rank him in my doctors. I would probably say he'd be second, but I don't have a personal ranking of doctors. No, I just I have Eccleston at the top. I <laughs> That's mean, kind of it. I like it's one of these things where I always if someone would say, Who's your favourite doctor? My gut reaction would be to say David Tennant. However, right. I feel like that's because everyone says David Tennant. Like, no, like that's not my gut reaction because everyone says David Tennant. Like, obviously, that's... Like, I need to be different. Like, I'm not oh, a peer I'm not pressure. A I'm not sort of bowing to yeah, peer pressure yeah. or anything like that. But every time 
I sit down and watch Doctor Who from the beginning of 2005, which I do, I'd say maybe once every couple of years, I have like a thing where I go, I should rewatch Doctor Who because that's kind of cool and stuff. Yeah. Um, I watch Eccleston and I'm like, oh God, Eccleston was so good. Then I watch yeah. David and I'm like, oh God, David's so good. And then I watch Matt Smith and despite the fact that Matt Smith's latest series went downhill ever so slightly because I think by that point Moffat Ever- had kind of like ex- ever so slightly oh, I think it's like series 5 and 6 are like yeah this is good stuff and series 7's like oh look there's the floor okay well anyway oh, look, there's lo- there's lower despite than the, floor. the fact that Matt Smith's latest series go downhill because I think by that point Moffat had like sort of used up what was left of his he like, hadn't necessarily jumped the shark it just kind of got a bit lazy he jumped the shark just... have you not heard that term is it before? not jump ship no, jump the shark. What's jump the shark? Have you never heard the phrase jump the shark? No. So jumping the shark is don't quote me on this because I probably haven't got it a hundred percent nailed down. But, but like in terms of describing it, basically it's the point where a show just kind of gets stupid. Oh, okay. And the phrase jumping the shark is quite literal, right? Because I think it's it's taken from those kind of quirky shows where people jump over sharks in tanks well kind of I think it's happy days people in the comments or on twitter please let me know because I'm pretty certain in happy days the Fonz literally like uh, what's the what's it when you um, like ski behind a boat you have the jet the rope ski and water you... ski water skiing yeah I think it's water skiing whatever he's doing that and he literally goes on a ramp and jumps over a shark right and that's where the phrase jump the shark came from oh. so for example um uh, as an example, uh, The Simpsons jumping the shark. Some people might say Principal and the Pauper, which is when there's the real Seymour Skinner. Right. And the Skinner we know is called Armin Tamzarian and he's from uh, New Orleans and whatever. Right, like, sure. Some people say that. The other people say it's... Um, I, I skipped this episode literally the other day. Uh, Saddlesaw Galactica, I think it's called. Okay. Uh, where Bart and Homer get a horse... And they enter it into um, horse racing, right? And it turns out that they keep winning, yeah. And it turns out all the all the jockeys, all the all their oh, they're rival all the jockeys weird... are all like elves. Oh, I know that episode. They live in a tree, yeah. And it's like that's where the Simpsons jump the right. shark. Okay. And I wouldn't say that the uh, you know jumping the shark's not really the right thing because normally you never ever recover from jumping the shark. Yeah. Um, so series seven probably doesn't do that. I think it's just okay. The 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 big thing about Clara in series seven is the thing that makes a lot of people go. Ooh, right. maybe not. And then maybe you could call Timeless Children jumping the shark, mm, or it's more just, yeah, I think you've screwed up all the continuity, maybe. Chris. Well done. Okay, so that whole thing aside... <laughs> Sorry. Um, nice little tangent. Yeah. Thanks for teaching me, though. That's I've, never, I've, ne- I've not met... I mean, admittedly, like, in my in my job and the people I work with, jumping the shark's a common phrase. I was going to say, so. but this is going to be a what culture office thing, and I am not in the what culture office, so therefore, not me. However... Oh, you're out of so many in-jokes. Lol. Um, not that I care. Anyway, not the point. <laughs> um, basically, any time I watch, like, Matt's... So, between Eccleston, David, and Matt Smith, I... Like, Capaldi afterwards kind of isn't really, like, on the spectrum for me. Like, I love Jodie. Like, I think her Doctor could have been so good. And, like, I do really enjoy Jodie as the Doctor. Like, I think if she had had, like, Russell T. Davies writing for her, God, she would have been fantastic. Um, But that aside, 
I always watch the three. I go Eccleston, Tennant, Smith, and I'm like, oh, but they're all so good. Like, how do I pick a favourite? Like, I always kind of, whenever I get to Matt Smith, I'm like, Northampton homeboy, because, like, you know, obviously <laughs> he was from Northampton and all that jazz. But, I like, I always think, oh, Matt Smith might be my favourite. But then I'm like, oh, but Tennant was just... Tennant has that, like, super emotional, like, gut-wrenching quality to him, which just makes me want to cuddle him. Whereas Matt yeah. Smith is kind of like the weird kooky best friend who lives next door Matt that Smith's kooky want. weirdness is great but I find that Matt Smith's more emotional stuff be it sort of sorrow mm-hmm. or um, anger I've never thought it would land yeah. it's really bad I think, there's, mm. there's moments that the, the point in Asylum of the Daleks in series 7 when he says at long last here I am he sounds like Bubbles Devere from Little Britain genuinely oh my god when he gets, when he's, he gets, he gets kind of angry and he's like here I am you know kill me and whatever and he goes at long last here I am and he all I can hear is Matt I've Lucas I've literally never heard that but Bubbles now I'm Devere. just gonna hear next it next time we watch oh The Silent of the Daleks you're gonna hear it but I don't um, know but see, yeah think- Tennant Tennant really does that anger and we get to see that we get to see his sort of cheekiness as you said we get to see his sexiness the whole you know oh am i sexy Mm. little wink and then just him just you know existing it's like oh god sexy um Mm -hmm. and then you get to see his anger both towards the sycorax and to harriet jones which we'll get to yeah um so you get to see the the whole spectrum with tenant and he's only really got like as i said like a third of the episode he's really present so he's maybe only up and about doing stuff for maybe what 15 20 minutes yeah. maybe not even that you get like that snippet of him early on where obviously rose wakes him up to help them survive the christmas tree which by the way is an excellent scene like we were sat there watching it and i'd sort of forgotten how on the nose christmas it is like it's you so get to dumb. some later christmas episodes and like they're just kind of like there are some really christmas. bad christmas specials um, unfortunately um matt smith's christmas specials are all a bit oh mm, see i iffy. think i actually think whatever one of Matt Smith's Christmas specials it is where the sharks are swimming through the sky. Christmas Carol, that's I actually think good. that one was good. But the rest of them, mm. I think, are all rubbish. But anyway, um, it's so on-the-nose Christmas because literally they're being attacked by a spinning Christmas tree. And when you think about this scene, you think about the drama of it, you think about, like, oh, my God, they're going to die. But when you're watching I'm it... i by a Christmas tree. Yeah, exactly. But when you're watching it... There is blaring Christmas music over the top of it. And it is so, like... I mean, it's obviously done very on purpose, but it's so... It's a a very blatant um, juxtaposition of the situation. It juxtaposes the situation so much. And I was literally sat there like, this is hilarious. Like, honest to God... Dave, like Russell T Davies just nailed this scene because like you obviously get the kind of threat of like oh my god there's a spinning Christmas tree and like it's literally exploded your living room wall but like it's just which by the way that flat was tidied up miraculously quickly in the last scene shall we just say there was a part of me that was wondering <laughs> whether they'd remember to leave the you know when it when it bursts through the bedroom door and it leaves like the, uh-huh. the christmas tree shaped hole i was like thankfully you spot it a couple of times later on but i thought is that something that's going to suddenly disappear because yeah. you don't really see it again um but yeah you are right it does, it does get cleaned up pretty quickly assumedly when uh, when the tardis and the doctor mickey and rose get pulled up to the cigarette ship Jackie just goes, oh, they've gone. I'll just tidy up the flat I'll bugger then, it, I'll go I? clean up. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's nothing I can do. I've got to but, stand uh, here and shout at the sky. But yeah, that scene is really, really, really good. I think it's just the way the music kind of completely juxtaposes the uh, 
the actual what's going on. I think that is Russell T Davies humor to AT. Um, yeah. And then obviously she wakes the doctor up and she's like, help me. Oh. Um, and obviously the, the doctor's loins kind of go. Blah, 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 and uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, she whispers kind of pleadingly in his ear and he's like, I have to help her. She's my love. And just blah. the subconscious is like, doctor, wake up. I don't think his loins go. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Amy, I think you'll find you're thinking of David Tennant in bed and that's your loins going but he was wearing pyjamas I need him to be naked 10 out of 10 would still bang 10 out of 10 10 and 8 anyway not the point 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 10 it what so anyway you get that snippet of him after that obviously he wakes up and you kind of think oh yeah the episode's like going we're going here we go and then yeah. he collapses and then you get as you said there has that fantastic sequence between jackie and i feel the doctor. Like... like it's it's really funny because like that that scene specifically really goes to show how much jackie actually cares about the doctor because yeah. after the events of parting of the ways and the jack uh, jackie saying to rose right now i you know god knows i've hated that man but right now i love him and do you know why because he sent you home mm. he sent you home to me I'm pretty certain that's the line to a T. That goes to show how much I've seen <laughs> yeah, series one. Yeah, it is. I'm such a loser. Help! Um, like she, she's. This is the first time he's seen. She's seen him. It's like, when was the last time Jackie saw the Doctor? That was. Uh, Would have been Amy's London Bubble Three. Yeah, probably. Because she did. She wasn't about in Boomtown. Uh-uh. Actually, well, technically, for the Doctor's timeline, it would be. Um, Father's Day that he would have last seen Jackie, but he's like, this is the first time she's but the seen last time him. Jackie saw him. Is what but the we're last time Jackie about. saw yeah Eccleston yeah, mm-hmm. and it's and it, it, she sort of you know she's seen all sorts, and I'm guessing that she just goes along with yes, that's still the Doctor. Yeah, the idea that he still recognised her mm-hmm. when he came out of the TARDIS, stumbling about like I think that was enough for her and just Rose's testimony to say that this is the Doctor, and you can see that she genuinely cares about yeah. him. Yeah, and there's something we get with with Jackie and David Tennant. She cares for the Doctor now. I think a because he's she younger. doesn't hate him so much. A because I mean she wanted she wanted uh, the the banana in his pocket in episode one yeah. for goodness sake because it's a strange man in her bedroom and now he's a hot um, strange but, man in her bedroom. But now he's a very 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 sexy strange man in her, in her bedroom so there's probably still that but like i said i think it's because the her opinion of the doctor has changed because he's like she realizes that yeah he, he, he does, does care, care about, about rose. rose so that's something that him and jackie are on the same wavelength mm. for but i feel like so she just cares for him sequence. and it, it's they play up on this rather than jackie being like this just this bitchy woman because really in in the first times we had the first times we spend with jackie she is just sort of this yeah. She's quite bitchy. She's quite just. She's well, she's a mum protecting kind of her daughter, isn't she? She's a mum, exactly. Yeah, uh, but you know, she's fleshed out I, so much. I more. dare you to have a fight with my mum and see if she's not bitchy. Like, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. My mum's an no amazing comment. woman. Um, she is. But not the point. No, I was going to say that I feel like that whole, this whole sequence is basically just the Doctor and Jackie like where they're on the balcony because obviously he's like trying to sort of talk about like he points at the pilot fish and they zoom off into the sky and mickey's like oh they just disappeared like they're scared of a little sonic and whatnot um yeah but other than that like rose doesn't really talk much during this bit like it's literally kind of like the doctor sort of going oh no they were just this they were just this and then he falls over and then it's basically him and Jackie kind of like backing a forth thing. And then she has that amazing... I mean, I wonder what they told her when she was going through that list of what do you need? Paracetamol, ibuprofen, peptobismol, uh, soup, sandwich and soup, uh, a nice cup of tea, uh, this, that and the other. I, I feel like that might have been something they just sort of ad yeah. Maybe it started out as something like a lot simpler... Um, and it just after, after take after take after take after take, they just started to blow it up even more. And the fact on. that they can all they can all do it without like creasing. Yeah. It's like that game. Like, have you ever played that game? You might not have played that game because you might not have been part of youth groups when you were younger. But me being a heavy not. guide girl guides member, um, we played this game Ooh. a lot around the campfire. Where God, that sounds so like gammy, doesn't it? But anyway, corny. Yeah, yeah. round the campfire at guide camp. Uh, we used to do this game which was like uh, I went to the supermarket and I bought pears and then the next person goes I went to the supermarket and I bought no, pears I have and apples that. and the next I did person do, I did do drama class uh, growing up but yeah so you will pile it on and it gets to the point where you have to like try and remember like I don't know 20 million different things that people bought at the supermarket yeah. and it sort of feels like they're kind of playing that game where she's just like uh, what do you need is it this is it this is it and I reckon they just sort of said to David Tennant before they filmed that scene like just see how long you can let her go just, on just for. give it give her a bit until you feel like you're going to start getting distracted and then, and then continue just with go, your I need shut you to shut up, up. <laughs> and then she's like oh he's not changed that much has he but just a very quick segue speaking of not being able to crack up during scenes when we're watching the people when the Sikrax take over the uh, the A positive mm. uh, blood type uh, humans there's the point when you see all the characters walking down the street and there's the mother with her daughter and her son and they manage to cut the move the camera away at just the right time because literally the 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 the, the daughter said the mother says oh come 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 home come back in with mummy and you can see the, the, the girl starting to smile mm-hmm. and then it cuts to the boy and she's like oh come back with mum and the, the kids he's sticking to it he's sticking to it and just as the camera's moving away he's starting to smile yeah. and it's like 
oh bless like you know child actors trying their damn hardest not to smile and there's this random woman pretending to be their mum mm-hmm. looking all scared and frightened but you know fair enough to them they still got it but you could if you watch it again you can just about see them I've starting to smile I've always noticed that like every time I watch this episode it's the one thing I always pick up on and I'm like damn yeah. kids <laughs> But <laughs> damn it's fine. kids and their acting, um, stay in school. But yeah, so you get that whole sequence with them on the balcony, and it's a fantastic sequence. And he manages to just about convey to Rose that, like, you know, they woke him up too soon, and that Something's something coming. is coming, and it's unfortunately not us. But they, uh, <laughs> I mean, it is because David Tennant's still on screen. But, um, so, and then he just sorry, this will be the this will be the uh, the standard tone of this of the podcast for the next three series. No, it will just be this episode while we're just gushing over him, and then the rest will actually just be talking about his character because I'm sure we'll find a way to gush about David Tennant. I mean, I always week. find a way to gush about David Tennant, but that's not the point. Uh, <sighs> and then he collapses, and he's just like, "Lol, bye, I'm out," and uh, I'm going back to bed, and then you get but i said to you didn't i like this is the only time in i presume any of doctor who i mean i've not watched the classics so i cannot comment but especially start that one again especially in (laughs) new who where this long regeneration is not a thing like ever again that this whole sequence is drawn out yeah like he's like i'm still within I the mean, first 15 hours of my regeneration cycle like borderline comatose like yeah it doesn't happen that often i as as you said i can't i can't confirm for all the regenerations Mm-mm, me either um i know that uh like peter davison's regeneration was interesting like it really threw the companions off and usually them being like i think that the you know similar to the, how the different actors are they do react differently to how they regenerate mm-hmm. and i think being like almost completely comatose must have just been different for tenant admittedly like the circumstances of the regeneration were you know i've absorbed the entire time vortex whoops yeah, obviously that's, like, that's gonna be something that so really takes I think it out the of you reason he, why he's regenerating i think he still says he's like he's like bristling with yeah. energy I, oh, sorry, so and he's still mic. releasing it uh, I, hence why the uh the pilot the, the the pilot fish sense yeah it. i think that's part of the reason why as well he's expelling that energy because that's why the regeneration takes so long because he absorbed it all so now he's got to get rid of it um so it's probably just yeah because he's bristling with the extra time energy that does which is fair enough like obviously that's you know the plot and you know i'm not gonna what's that what there's like a a phrase for his artistic license or something like that where you're kind of allowed to like stretch the truth a little bit to make it fit the plot and things like that i'm pretty sure it's artistic yeah license. a bit of artistic license but like but the thing about doctor who isn't so many with regeneration there's never any guarantee as to how Mm-mm. it's meant to go so they do get to do their own yeah. thing like with uh tenant he just kind of he, he puts it off for as long as he can mm-hmm. like as he knows where he's headed to like what happens to him is very much in the moment but he knows the event's coming so he just tries to stretch it out yeah. as much as possible we're we talking about the end of matt the smith. series <laughs> talking about the end of time uh when matt smith regenerates like he, he regresses into his younger self and starts to hallucinate um peter capaldi does what he does best and he just monologues mm-hmm. he gets those 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 that time with his thoughts uh and when you're talking about the doctors earlier i'm so sad he didn't mention capaldi because He's so good. He is good. Like, don't get me wrong. He's a he phenomenal is fantastic. doctor, but his, his, but his series, his writing lets him out down. Out of every single series of New Who, I remember he's the least, which I'm yeah. really sad about because he is phenomenal as the doctor. But if you said to me, name a Capaldi episode, the only 
two episodes I could name you are Hellbent, Heaven Sent, and they are the two-parter next to each other. I could not yeah, name you a sense, single other. Um, Heaven Sent can get in the bin. Yeah, Hellbent, Hellbent is, is phenomenal. I would, have, I would have said Time Heist. I love Time Heist. I remember Time Heist, now that you've mentioned it, but I couldn't have Time named Heist it for brilliant. you if you'd have let me try. Uh, you probably knew you knew of the episode, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, again, a bit of a segue. Capaldi is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated of the Doctors, and I think he would be so he would he could have been so good if his storylines were all consistently good. But he had some real stinkers yeah. in his mm-hmm. series. Not necessarily like overtly. Oh my god, this is complete rubbish. Yeah. Like Orphan Fifty Five, but he just had some episodes that were just like what the hell was that mm-hmm. like uh, that's such a shame because he did, he could have been so good and so on but uh, but, uh, but anyway we're at 42 Christmas. minutes of this podcast and I know, all we've mentioned I know. so far is them in the flat like we've literally not talked about I mean, much else I mean apart from the other stuff going on like seeing Unit again is yeah, always see, fun I think- and all the hints of Torchwood mm. are good as well like because series season what you'll see if again if you are new to the series i'm assuming from what i've heard from people most of the people who are listening to the podcast here are re-watching yeah. with us there's probably not as many people watching this for the first time but that's fine. some people maybe for series what for series one watching it for the first time or re or like realizing just how mm-hmm. good it is if they just sort of went through it because it felt like an obligation to watch it to get a tenant in which case you still watched it you get points from me for that yeah um I'm assuming that people have already seen this. We can, you know, Torchwood is a seed that is being sown because it plays up into the series and after series two, mm-hmm. which is this, we get Torchwood series yeah. one, which as much as we're not rewatching that because I've had people, I've had tweets like between series, people asking, are we going to do the Minnesota? Are we going to do Torchwood? Uh, because there is the chi- there is the Children in Need special. Uh, re- I think it's Born Again, I think it's mm-hmm. called. They had on Children in Need in November before uh, this special, which is like, Rose and the da- and David Tennant like bouncing off each other in the TARDIS like what's happened right. and what's going on and stuff like that it's, it, I think it was not only something for Rose but also for new people for Doctor Who to say this is what like this is a new Doctor this is how this works yeah. um, so the Minnesodes uh, so the, the Children in Need specials um, I think Pond Life I think were Minnesodes before like Series 6 or Series 7 um, stuff like that I think we're not we're not going to yeah. cover Torchwood is not something we're, we're going to cover on Escaping Gustavus mainly because we've rewatched it we rewatched it at least really the first three recently. series of it not that long ago so watching it again I might be a bit more difficult for us um, and I, I would just say if you haven't watched Torchwood just go, go and, and watch, watch Torchwood be prepared it's though. really good be prepared because it is it's heavy. very different and it's uh, yeah there are some in series one one I think it is country countryside and uh, the first episode's called oh it's it's the one with the little fairies yeah, at the bottom yeah. of the garden I can't remember, I can't what, remember it's what it's called, called. But, oof. but there's that one and then there's countryside but it's spelt like suicide it's C-I-D-E <laughs> for side and it's that is one of the most harrowing episodes of television I've ever yeah, seen yeah not fun uh, and watching that back when that first aired because I caught it on BBC Two mm-hmm. I think before I had a digibox in my room I watched it on BBC Two on their repeats <laughs> of it because it was a BBC3 original uh, series um, god that scared me to death yeah and even now going back to it like you know as we said on The Empty Child like that stuff still freaks us out whereas going back and watching Torture Series 1 that is genuinely scary yeah not fun so anyway like, go and watch, go and watch <laughs> Torchwood if you haven't but yeah we're not covering um, we're not covering the any mini, mini episodes it's just we're not covering be. Torchwood but I think the only extra thing I think we sh- we're going to cover which will be when we get to the 50th anniversary we'll do an adventure in space yeah. and time we might do 
Night of the Doctor as a quick pre-thing to uh, the Day of the Doctor and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we're not going to be covering any of those. So basically, the st- the normal series is what we're covering yeah, on the uh, yeah. on this. So no Classic Who, no Torchwood, no Children Need Specials or many episodes. So if you are, so for those of you who are asking those questions, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because as I said lots of people have been asking the question over the course of uh, these two weeks between series, but but yeah. So. But anyway, Torchwood getting name Torchwood getting name dropped a lot in this episode because they do play a part at the end which I think because um, we, we are you know, as you said we're getting quite we're way through this I'm going to bring, in. In a, bring in a question uh, or a question or two okay. because obviously the, the Sycorax you know they have the whole, the whole the whole jewel thing the doctor quoting the Lion King which is always, <laughs> always fantastic to see you know the, the whole the, seeing the doctor's character play out like that that whole sequence even when he's like being rude to Rose yeah and he's like oh am I rude now and it's like you do have those moments mm. Doctor Ten you know as said Russell knows what he's doing they have the sword fight uh, the hand uh, mm. gets cut off and we find out Captain Jack finds it in series three. Oh yeah that's, of course that's, that's how he gets it back I've, that's how I've he gets thought it. about that um, but it is a fantastic imagine him episode. underneath the ship assuming the Doctor's up there with a big net like, <laughs> come Catch on Doctor hand. Um, Chop I think off. this episode is full like the last sort of 10-15 minutes of this episode with David in it he has some absolutely cracking like lines basically that whole sequence is the, the kind of what I feel like um, uh, oh my god what's the word I'm looking for it's like encapsulates sort of yeah kind of it's it's that whole uh sequence where he's just kind of like talking and saying what am i am i this am i this like blah 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 that just kind of summarizes that's what i was looking for um yeah that i don't know bit is absolutely hysterical Um, yeah the whole section with him sort of going like chatting it kind of summarizes or is like becomes a staple of who the doctor becomes from that point on like he's very he becomes very good at these like even like matt smith's doctor and capaldi's doctor from their that point on become very good at this distracting monologue is what i'm gonna call it because like yeah tenant walks out and he goes shush you i'm busy and literally the whole thing just stops and it's like uh, okay he has the, the this amazing ability to just command the room power yeah it's, and it's i feel incredible. like that carries on like matt smith does it a lot like i'm pretty sure i remember capaldi maybe doing it a couple of yeah, times capaldi does it. um and so i feel like eccleston never really did that like commanding power like he was very aware of the power he had and not abused it like he yeah, was very I good mean, at I knowing there, there his, are moments he doesn't really get he doesn't really get as many moments. Admittedly, with a single series, you wouldn't no. get as many moments to do that. But but Eccleston's yeah, Doctor right. is more like showing you the ropes. Like whereas David's Doctor is more like, all right, so now we know what Doctor Who is. Now we can explore the Doctor, and yeah. it's it's almost like a drawn out character study. Almost uh, this episode, like the whole thing. At least thing. at the end of the episode. Yeah. It's kind of why we've, we've a, sort of talked about out, so much of this stuff as well. Or a condensed character study. Yeah, of... because when you think of the Christmas invasion, I think of, I'd never think about the, the, the Santas with Mm-mm. the, you know, trombone shotguns. Even though that was because, what the trailer was, wasn't it? Like Even though was... the whole trailer for it was like that. The Sycorax, I think, were very briefly shown in the original mm-hmm. trailer for the Christmas invasion. Um, I think of, you know, the spinning Christmas yeah. tree 
and you think of the sequence in the ship and that's kind of it yeah. a bit of Harriet Jones I think of Harriet which, Jones which, which, like I said Harriet Jones will get to um, but like yeah the, the, the sword fight happened there's the no second chances on that sort of a man uh, and in fact actually before I get to the, the main two questions uh, Matthew Keck has asked did we find out what happened to the corpse of the Sycorax after it fell off the ship which I think we don't no. It just kind of, I suppose, it just it kind just of sort hits of falls. the ground. I, and... I guess, I guess Torchwood would have cleaned it up because they'd have been surveilling everything to make sure nothing else weird was yeah, happening. Yeah, or Harriet Jones when she got back to Earth kind of went, "There's a Sycorax floating around somewhere here. We need to clean yeah, it up." Yeah, we've we've seen a Sycorax <laughs> fall down onto London somewhere. Please, like, check around where the perimeter of yeah. the ship was to find this and get rid of it before some Basically. muppet picks it up themselves and cleans that up. So, Matthew, I don't think we ever did find out specifically what happened to it. Um, but then after that we come back to Earth and you know Harriet's all excited and Torchwood she keeps saying about you know are Torchwood ready to help out I know I shouldn't know about it but I know about Torchwood I'm Harriet flipping Mm -hmm. Jones look at me Um, and they have the ability to shoot the Sycorax out of the sky yeah and she orders them to fire and they do Mm -hmm. because uh, Nathaniel and (laughs) funnily enough Tom Baker uh, Tom Baker's questions from Twitter, uh, Nathaniel specifically is do asked, do you think what Harriet Jones did with help from Torchwood was right? No. Because I think <laughs> I I covered this in a in a video. I think it was about dropped plot threads. Right. And it was regarding the golden age of the yeah. UK. 18 quid better off, mm-hmm. as, uh, as Jackie says. Do you think Harriet Jones was right? And mm. I... I think I I don't remember whether I really put my two cents in. I think I did, but what she did if if you ask me whether what she did was right, I would say no. Mm-hmm. But if you ask me whether I thought she was justified, yeah. I'd say yes. Um, I see. Uh... Because as much as you know, as we've seen from the past, like. This is something that Davros does to the Doctor in Series 4. He brings up the fact that it's like, you create warriors. Mm-hmm. People follow your image and, you know... They hey, adapt when into that. They have the, the you know, the, the, the star wired into the ship's mainframe and the Osterhagen key and all yeah, that sort of all thing. That jazz. Davros is like, look at your minions, look what they've done. Harriet doesn't really appear to be that kind of person. She takes that open mind to aliens and stuff like that and being truthful and stuff to her to her country and that's why she wins a landslide majority to become prime minister but from that point on i see her as she is there to serve the people i think she's doing she's doing that job properly she's Mm. you know she's standing up for the human race hence why no one she doesn't even hesitate when the sycorax ask can the leader of the of this this planet's tribe step forward and she's like yep that's me like i'm sorting this out I'm not going to, you know, pussyfoot around it. I'm not going to let America waltz in and take it from us, like what happens in Series 3. Like, she is right there ahead of it. So the the, the sort of approach to being more authoritative over, situ- over a situation, she definitely gets from the Doctor. Yeah. But the idea of, like, what she learned during the events of, of Aliens of London World War 3. You but- say she got it from the Doctor... I'm not sure she got it from the Doctor as much as realised it was a skill she could use because in th- yeah. Aliens of London World War Three, she already plays on that 
like, oh, I could just sneak in and do this. I could, because she just kind of yeah, bursts you're, you're in right. on the thing and it's like, I have an important meeting about churches and it's I'm like, go- about eh? Hos- cottage hospitals. hospitals, whatever it is. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, she already had that authoritative nature. She just needed it to be yeah, like right. brought out of her. I didn't, I didn't mean it in a way of like, she literally wasn't those oh, before, no, no, no. but she definitely took that mm-hmm. approach of like, yeah, I can do this, and she took that from the doctor. But I think that's where that kind of inspiration ends. She's not trying to be the doctor. She's like, I have my own country, yeah. my own rules, and as she says herself, you're not always here. Mm-hmm. And you know, the link to Torchwood is even more like apt for that because the doctor never appears in Torchwood yeah. at any point in the series. He appears in the Sarah Jane Adventures. And a pre- he does appear in class mm-hmm. as well, but he doesn't appear, ever appear in Torchwood. So there is that very, there is very much that approach of you're not always here. And it, the, the, there are, there is a moment when her assistant says Torchwood ready, and she still hesitates. Yeah. But I think because she's looking at the Doctor, who's all happy, go lucky, he's all smiles, and she's like, "It's great to see you, but it's been." so long yeah and she does uh, like correctly say you were sleeping like admittedly you were sleeping yes you were regenerating and you were ill and it's not your fault and it can't be helped she didn't know that but no well I mean I think that you like you know she probably kind of gathers like it's not the fact that she doesn't know that he he couldn't help it's just like you know it's not that she thought he didn't help because he couldn't be bothered it like she understands Hmm. that she knew he was indisposed so it's like I had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like, if you know Torchwood, this isn't really new to them, that fish alien that you see, I think it's the beginning of series two. They just shoot the poor thing in the yeah. head. I mean, admittedly, he's holding a gun to some poor woman's poor woman's Yeah, head. and also, we don't really know the backstory of that. Like, he could have been but a complete they just, they just They just outright shoot the guy. Um, and, it, you know, that's that's just sort of the approach that, that humans have. Like, if... I feel like it makes... Harriet Jones as a character more interesting the fact that she has that approach rather than just trying to emulate the Doctor. Kind of like how when the Doctor finds out that Jack is with Torchwood Mm -hmm. and he says, I I wanted to rebuild it in your honour, even though we know from the events of the Torchwood series that That he doesn't necessarily do things by the sort of Doctor book, as it were. So, So for me personally, I would say was Harriet Jones right? No. Was she justified? Yes. Yeah. But I'm assuming you're going to disagree. I don't know. I think definitely not she wasn't right. Like, because I turned to you straight away and I went, isn't that genocide? Because was it the whole Sycorax, like... I don't think it was the entire Sycorax species. Like... If it were, then big whoops. Yeah. Big old yikes. But but I don't know. at the same time, it doesn't give you any indication that it's not... Like, you know, as far as their... As far as the episode is concerned, that's a big ship with a lot of Sycoraxians, like... Same with the Daleks at the end of Parting of the Ways, as far as the Doctor's aware, that's that's all of them. They're Um, gone now, so... So, I said, like, isn't that technically genocide? Which is obviously the dilemma that, like, the Doctor had. It's still mass murder. It is, yeah. I think think the fact the Doctor refers to it as murder and not genocide maybe proves that that wasn't all of them. But not the point. There was thousands of Sycoraxes oh, yeah, like, on that ship. It doesn't make it um, any better. So no, she wasn't right because personally I don't think murder is ever right. Um, but that's a, a, another topic anyway, another point. That's not something to talk but, about. But um, it's, it's difficult to say was she justified because like 
then you obviously get into the whole like you know can that kind of atrocity ever be justified and it's like Mm. It does open up a whole new kind of it worms. Does. Like, would would different nations, if they have their own equivalents of Torchwood, would they do the same thing? Would they mm. do different things? Maybe it depends on the intent. The fact that Harriet Jones was there on the ship and she knew exactly what the Sycorax was going to do, yeah. would that make it more justified? If, the, if she had no idea, if she was just behind a desk and calling the shots and saying, yeah, blow them up, I my my personal opinion would be very different. Yeah, I think I it was. No I to, think it to, is to, the to fact that she watched people die in front of her that made it very, like. And yeah, and she says that I watched two people um, die, two great men. So die. I don't know. I think she partially is and partially isn't. I think she thinks she's doing what is like best for the country and best for mm-hmm. her people, which is a fair decision for her to have to make um mm-hmm. was she right no was she justified depends on your position is i think what i will go with there because i think yeah. without getting too deep into it then i can't really answer that but yeah so that's nathaniel's question answered and by the way if you are in the uh, the comments of this of the video version of this or on twitter uh, at who culture use the hashtag escaping Custerberus. let us know what you think about that would you do you agree do you think harriet was right do you think she was justified what is your sort of general approach to that particular thing it is a really interesting talking point because this does sort of come back to haunter because as uh tom baker asks <laughs> uh fantastic name by the way for obvious reasons uh he asks do you think the doctor was a bit harsh on harriet jones towards the end of the episode so Mm. in retaliation to what she did do you think he was being harsh um do you know part of me does think so because when he goes over to doody who i'm not sure we ever learn his name um i think we do i think we do find out his name episode when someone goes hey you whatever your name is do you have such and such um Anyway. He's called Alex, Alex, I think. Okay, great. Well, Doody is what he's now going to be called. Um, <laughs> when Tennant goes over to him and he's like... And he obviously says, like, doesn't she look tired? He knows the devastation that that will have on her career. And, like, he, yeah, he was absolutely. so excited for her to win the election. And, like, she... I mean, as far as we're aware has done hence the golden age of britain has done a amazing job with the country and is running it fairly smoothly and like you know isn't some sort of big political like tyrant so you know he i think it's mm, it's difficult because like obviously we're talking it comes back again to was it right was it justified um and i think the answer is the same for both sides of the coin like no Mm. it wasn't right to ruin her career when she was doing a fantastic job and could have probably continued to do it for years to come was it justified because she's just committed mass murder maybe like i think it's it's justified on both their sides because it's 
their perspective of what happened yeah, and as you know it, yeah. as you said like this is uh, as we said this is how harriet jones sees her world this is how she sees her people she needs to protect it she's dedicated to mm-hmm. doing that therefore she feels like she's justified to do that the doctor comes and goes he's just arrived back to find somebody that he really really cared about and really really trusted going against what he would be considered to be right so therefore he would take her career down in six yeah. words so and you know the doctor is very clever and he is ruthless mm-hmm. and we've seen this like it's almost like you can't you can't turn around and say you didn't see it coming because he willingly did kill the Sycorax leader. Yeah. Because I, there's no way he did wi- survive I mean, that obviously fall. willingly, yes, but like for good Justify- reason. Justifiably, yes, mm-hmm. of course, but he still kills someone. Yeah, but yeah. again, the doctor, the doctor has done this at the end of the day. We yeah. know this. So he knows how devastating that can be and he's he, he's not going to apologise yeah, for Yeah, I think it. if and- it had been anything else that she had done, he wouldn't have done it. But the fact that it was they were leaving and he had saved the day and their leader was gone and the fact that by the ancient rules of combat they now had to leave and whatever they had yeah. to oblige and like for it, she yeah. witnessed all this but she still didn't trust she just wanted to be yeah. sure she couldn't yeah she's like she can trust the doctor but the sycorax mm-hmm. she's not entirely sure and i think so. yeah i think that is what makes the doctor's decision for him because like you can be the best person to the doctor in the world as soon as you kill someone that's it like his that changes your perception of and so i think that like i'm pretty certain i'm pretty certain there's a there's a line i don't know whether it is eccleston uh that says it when he says like because you've said that you've lost all right to talk to me now back off i think that is eccleston isn't it what at one point he says somebody says something and then i the mm. doctor says because you've said that you've lost all right to talk to me now back something off. like that i remember the line vaguely but i'm trying to think of i'm trying I to think of whereabouts it is that would be from. i can hear him saying it but i can't think of where it is i can't think of whether it's towards the end of the series or what is it um, oh uh mm. you've lost all right to talk to me now back is off. it anything to do with um, oh god no I can't remember I think if we just sit here racking our brains we'll have to like YouTube it or Google it after we've finished recording because it's going to drive me if anybody knows can you like yeah, comment just remind or... us because like, I can hear it I can hear it like a picture and I want to say it's on Satellite 5 yeah I, I was thinking it was Satellite 5 I don't know whether it's uh, when he uh, he can't when he's talk, trying to talk to the controller and he, she's not responding to him or I something. It's don't something. Know. It's something like that. But anyway, um, oh, yeah. is it something to do Let with us... what after Rose is dead yes. and he says something to someone? I don't know. Anyway, not the point. We'll find out. But it's something like that. But yeah, like so that, that's the sort of the grand scheme of that position that the Doctor and Harriet Jones are in. Like where do you stand on that debate? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I know we've made comparisons to this before, but it's like, if you look at this approach to one or two characters' quarrels and how both sides may not be right, but both sides are justified, and you enjoy that, as like a closing note, you can't dislike The Last of Us 2. Wow, that was a my case. 
It's a tangent, but both sides aren't right, but both sides are justified. Okay. Moving well, on. Well, we weren't talking about The Last of Us 2. We were talking about Doctor Who. And we're not going to talk about The Last of Us that's 2, but it's, very it's just the, the one, the, that's the one comparison I can give it. Both sides aren't necessarily right, but both sides are, mm-hmm. I think, justified. But let us know what you think about that particular quarrel with uh, between the doctor and harriet jones in either the comment section below if you're on youtube and if you're on if you're listening to this on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on then please find us on twitter at who culture or you can tweet at a uh, tweet with the hashtag escaping Custurberus. and uh, you can follow me on twitter at pick up change Time. and you can and you can follow, wait, wait, where follow can I find me you? on instagram at ames underscore elizabeth yes so i mean as far as christmas specials go we don't have anything else to compare it to no, because, because it's, it's the first, first Christmas seen. special. Literally the first ever of like deliberately Christmas mm-hmm. Christmas special for Doctor Who. And in terms of like first episodes, this isn't something I could really put up against Rose. No. Because they're two, two they're very, very different, different episodes. This is a... One is introducing a Doctor, one is reintroducing the series, entire show yeah. and the Doctor and yet Rose still does it massively. Mm-hmm. If you have managed to tune into this episode on probably on YouTube, I'd guess you'd managed to come into these out of order and you are listening to this and thinking, oh, this is really cool. Where can we listen to you talk about Chris Freckleston? Then there should be a playlist linked at the end of the video or maybe maybe even on the sidebar right now. Uh, and you can <laughs> That's going to be work for you series to do one. when you edit this. <laughs> I mean, on the sidebar. I mean, on YouTube's, YouTube will do it for oh, me. I don't. I that's don't okay, then. I thought you this. meant in the little iCard thing that pops up. That's like, hey, you want to see more of this? Nah. There you go. I've got far too much to do than Sitting to, to justify adding iCards to everything. <laughs> oh, God. But yes, um, that basically marks the uh, the first episode of Series yes. 2 of Escaping Custerberus. Marks out of 10 for David Tennant's premiere episode. Ooh. I would give it like a solid eight and a half, I think. I would say eight, but I think I think ever since when I said marks out of ten, I'm thinking maybe we should say like thumbs up or thumbs down. Rather than try and give them ratings, um, we should just say yes or are no. Are we really going to change the rating system when we've already been doing... I mean, we haven't exactly stuck to marks out of 10 for the entire no, series, No, but we have haven't we? exactly flicked between, like, did you like it? Yes. Mm. Did you like it? No, because I feel like that's very black and white. Whereas if you give it a rating out of 10, it's like, you could say it was like a yeah, six and enough. a half. And it's like, like, yes, I liked it, but not as much. Eh, it's still it's still good uh-huh. stuff. But this, I'd say solid enough, I, I haven't had... Because I, I don't really necessarily I don't necessarily like link this episode overtly to Christmas because in comparison to some more Christmas mm-hmm. specials in the future, this doesn't focus is Christmas on in Christmas. almost the lightest sense. It's kind of like here's the setting, here's the Santas, here's the killer Christmas tree, and from here on out it's just like aliens mm-hmm. and the Doctor and tea and things. So that's kind of where that yeah. ends basically. So uh, so yeah. Thank you all very much for listening to our return to Escaping Custodius. Again, apologies for the the short two week delay. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we'll be, we will we'll try be and be a bit more regular week, but... per week. But uh, as said, we are going to try and stick to it. We're not being lazy, but as said, life life, life finds a way. Long. So uh, we'll keep you in the loop on that. Again, thank you for listening. If you are not subscribed to the Who Culture YouTube channel already, if you're listening to it on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, and you don't realize there's a whole YouTube channel too then please go and find it. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at PickupChangeToe and you can find Amy. On Instagram at Ames underscore Elizabeth or Amy Cakes Thank- Baking if you fancy cake. Oh, who doesn't <laughs> fancy cake? Thank you all very much for listening. Have a very Merry Christmas. Ew.
No. I was waiting for what it's your reaction September. to that was going to be. Well, uh, no, we're going. That's it. Just fade to black. Bye, everyone. Actually, it cuts to the end okay, screen. Okay, well, cut so to the end screen You don't then. even watch the videos, No, honestly. of course I don't. I recorded them. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. See you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.